Welcome to my podcast, The Cross in the Desert, Speaking Hope and Freedom to Iran. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble, and I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life and your busy schedule to join me today on my podcast. Today, I want to take you into Turkey, where thousands of Iranian refugees are now struggling to survive after being forced to leave their homeland because of religious and or political persecution. One such person is my dear Iranian friend, Rojina. Just recently, I met her on Telegram and asked her to share with me her incredible story since she was a child and what happened and why she had to leave Iran. Turkey is not an easy place for Iranian refugees. They're not allowed to work. They hardly have any money. They're harassed by Muslims, especially if you're a Muslim woman. Today on The Cross in the Desert, I want you to hear from Rojina in the first person. I wrote this story in the first person. So it's almost like Rojina has come into your living room and sat down and shared with you face to face her story. The name of her story is Rojina, A Light in the Darkness of Turkey. Here is Rojina's story. It has been a very long and difficult eight years in Turkey as a refugee. Most of the day, I am depressed. I'm thinking about all of my friends back in Iran. I miss them so much. I cannot see them or even visit them like I did at school. The memories of my childhood just have nearly faded away in this utter chaos in my life. My teenage years have all been but forgotten. I miss the birthday parties with all of my dear friends. I miss not having my own room where I can relax and be alone. Instead of remembering the few happy times that I had growing up, all I think about every second of every day is how will I pay the rent in my bills? There are no jobs for me here. It is living hell, living in isolation here in Turkey because of the virus. Living in isolation gives me hours to think about and ponder about my life. I want to share with you how this all began. I remember being miserable as an eight-year-old child in school. I was forced to read the Quran and forced to pray. I hated wearing the black Manitou. It was like a coat that you had to wear, which included the scarf or the hijab that covered your hair. I just hated this clothing. One day I got so furious that I tore off this silly clothing and left school. My teacher chased after me shouting, Don't do that! You're behaving like a sinner! Life at home, well that wasn't easier for me either. My mother Parisa was miserable. She had no peace. She felt lost inside. Her parents had pressured her into reading the Quran and she felt no joy in doing this. My mom had the difficult task of being a single parent after divorcing my father. We were both searching for meaning and purpose in our lives. One day, our neighbor Roya visited us. She could see the misery and despair in my mother's eyes. Roya was a Christian, but because of fearing the government, she was careful not to intrude too much into our lives. She knew we were Muslims. 
Muslims in name only, that is. However, on that memorable day, she decided to reach out to us. Roya recommended that we watched Mohabbat TV. Mohabbat TV was a Christian channel beamed into Iran on the satellite. It featured programs about the Bible and Jesus. She also gave my mom a Persian New Testament and asked her to read it. She agreed. One night, my mom had an incredible dream. In her dream, she was visited by Jesus. He burned a symbol of the cross on her arm and said, This is going to be painful. Being a Christian will not be easy. Parisa woke up frightened. Beads of sweat were rolling down her cheeks. When she gazed at her left arm, she panicked. There was a burn spot on her arm just like in the dream. She immediately showed her arm to Roya and Roya took a picture of it. She sent it to her pastor. A few days later, the pastor visited our home and prayed for my mom. That was the day that she accepted Christ as her Savior and became a Christian. I immediately recognized the dramatic change in my mother's life. She was no longer angry. As a Muslim, she was always angry and never happy. But now she was calm. She was different. Her change in behavior was like heaven for me. The pastor gave me a children's Bible and instructed me to read the story of Jesus. I remember how different Jesus was compared to Muhammad. Jesus was kind and compassionate. As a Muslim, all I ever remembered was anger and violence. I never knew what true love really was. One story in the Gospels made a big impact on my life. The night before his crucifixion, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, Peter became very angry and cut off the ear of Malchus, who was one of the servants of the high priest. However, Jesus rebuked him, and instead he healed the servant's ear. I was so impressed by the kindness that Jesus showed his enemies. The story touched my heart and changed my life. At the age of eight years old, Roya, Rogina, I asked Jesus into my heart and became a Christian. After becoming a Christian, one of the first things I wanted to do was to share how Jesus changed my life with my friends at school. However, my mother warned me not to do it. For a Muslim to change their religion in Iran is very, very serious. They can be imprisoned or even put to death. I was so excited about my newfound faith, and I wanted to tell everyone. As soon as I got home from school, I turned on the Christian music. I played it loud. It filled my heart and mind with so much joy. One of my favorite hobbies is painting. I would make paintings of the cross and decorate the walls of my room with them. For the first time in my life, I was truly happy. However, my happiness ended whenever I entered through the doors of the school. I was so frustrated that I could not share my faith with my friends. I had to pretend that I still liked Islam and wear that stupid hijab. One day, I told my teacher, I, I can't take this anymore. I explained to her that I was now reading the Bible. The teacher was astonished and immediately contacted my mom. She warned her that I must change my behavior or else be expelled from school. My mom took me aside and gently persuaded me to be patient, 
to obey my teacher. I reluctantly agreed. I was a straight-A student at school. I excelled in every one of my studies. But the day the teacher found out that I was reading the Bible was the day that she began lowering all of my grades from A to a C. The living waters of happiness that I had found in Jesus was slowly drying up from the persecution at school. I will never forget one of the darkest times of my life just shortly after I became a Christian. When I was 11 years old, I was sexually abused. My uncle had a friend who was a math teacher. He would often come over to our home. He knew that I was struggling in school, so he offered to help me with math, and my mother agreed. He was a Muslim and knew that we were Christians, but seemed not to be offended or disturbed by our faith. Whenever my mom left me alone at home, this Muslim man would instruct me in my studies. However, for a solid year, he did more than tutor me in math. He began touching me, putting his hands all over my body. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. He would stare intently into my eyes and warn me, Rosina, if you tell your mother, I will report her and you to the government that you are Christians. All I knew how to do was to pray and to cry out to Jesus. And Jesus answered my prayer. We loved meeting with other Christians in our homes. We were part of a house church movement meeting secretly for the fear of the government. We played our music loud in celebration and raised our voices loudly in prayer at every meeting. One day, the police came to our house while we were on vacation. Fortunately, we were not there. When we returned home, our pastor told us that we must immediately leave and go to Turkey. We were in danger of being arrested. Instead of going to Turkey, my mom took us to a small town named Mayanodab, where we hid out from the government for a year and a half. It was then that I realized that Jesus had indeed answered my prayer. He had allowed the police to come to our house, so we had to move. When we moved, the sexual abuse ended. It was the last time that I would ever see that Muslim man. I was finally safe and protected. The nightmare had ended. In 2013, we finally moved to Turkey after an undercover agent came to our home looking for my mother. We sold everything that we had and left our homeland. It is so sad to say goodbye to the people that you love just to find freedom. We lived for two months in Istanbul with my mother's friend Afsana. As refugees, we were prohibited from getting jobs. So my mother secretly opened up a bakery at home and began selling delicious pastries to all of her Iranian friends. And these were Iranian tourists as well. We desperately needed a place to live, and one of my mother's friends connected us with an Iranian man. The Iranian man agreed to help us find a place. This was one of the worst mistakes that we ever made. This man became controlling and abusive. He demanded money from us for rent, groceries, and bills. It was like living back in Iran. 
Oh, it was horrible. And I thought about what he did. He tried to kiss me, but I resisted. He even tried to sexually abuse my mom. So we quickly picked up our belongings and left. A year after living in Turkey, my mother received her first interview with the UNHCR in Ankara. Her interviewer was a Muslim woman. For five or six hours, my mother explained why she became a Christian. She shared with her the incredible dream and how Jesus had changed her life forever. Unfortunately, she was rejected. The interviewer didn't believe her story. We found out later that unless we had documents about our baptism, that the immigration board would continue to reject us. Living in Turkey as refugees was extremely difficult, struggling to provide money for rent and food and waiting forever to be interviewed took a toll on us emotionally. It was during this time that I spent most of the day praying and gazing at the beautiful gold cross that I proudly wore around my neck. I was comforted whenever I gazed upon that cross. However, wearing my cross necklace in public brought much conflict and persecution to me. I was harassed by many young Muslims, but I refused to hide or cover up my necklace. I loved Jesus. I am a Christian. I was unashamed to wear it. I told every person that I met that this is who I am. I am a Christian. I love Jesus. One day, while at the shopping market, the owner saw the cross around my neck and threw me out of his store. He scolded me and said, You are a sinner. You need to return to Islam. You are going to hell. I was never afraid to share my faith in Jesus. I would always look at my cross and proclaim, Jesus is with me all of the time. I have no fear. This personal declaration of faith that, quote, Jesus was always with me, proved to be an incredible reality that saved my life. In 2018, I was finally offered a job in a hotel working as a translator, selling sweets to customers. I waited for hours to speak with a manager just to get the job. It was almost 2 a.m. in the morning. I had no way home, and there were no taxis. Finally, the manager appeared and offered to drive me home. I sat in the back seat. I remembered feeling very nervous. Something didn't feel right. Something was wrong. A few minutes later, he pulled the car over and asked me to sit in the front seat next to him. I said no, feeling uneasy and afraid. Are you scared? He asked me. A few minutes passed by and he forced me into the front seat next to him. I was terrified. My mind was filled with the horrible memories of being sexually molested years ago in Iran. Are you a Christian? He asked me. Don't you ever have sex? My whole body was trembling. I grabbed my cell phone but couldn't get a signal to call my mom. No, I don't have sex, I replied, my, my voice trembling. That's a sin before marriage. I looked down at my necklace and nervously began praying, mumbling the words, crying out for Jesus to save me. He began to put his hand on my legs when suddenly his cell phone rang. It was his wife. She demanded to know where he was. His wife became my angel 
he finally drove me home and said he would see me again the next day, but I never went back. Well, that is my story so far. I turned 22 this year. It's been another long day in the city of Yolaba, Turkey. Another long day in isolation. But as I think back to where I was eight years old and remember the day that Jesus came into my life, I am no longer depressed. Deep down in my soul, I am grateful. I have joy. I know that Jesus is always with me. He will never leave or forsake me. He has a special purpose for my life. I am holding on to my faith in Jesus. I can honestly confess to you that if it wasn't the fact that I was a Christian, I would have ended my life a very long time ago. But thank God I didn't. In the midst of turmoil, I have peace. I have peace because I know God has a purpose and a plan for my life. He has made me in a light in the darkness of Turkey. That is Rosina, Rosina's story. It's a beautiful story. She lives up to the title of this article, A Light in the Darkness of Turkey. She is unashamed to wear the cross, the symbol of hope that she has in Jesus, a symbol of cleansing and forgiveness. All of her guilt and shame has been washed away through the blood of Christ. I hope that you have been inspired by her story. I hope as a Christian you've been challenged to boldly live out your faith. Regina does this every day in Turkey. I just ask, pray for her and her mother. It's been eight long years in Turkey. They struggle every day to put food on the table and to pay the rent. They need your prayers and your voice. Just remember Regina, a light in the darkness of Turkey. Thank you so much for listening today to my podcast. God bless you, and have an incredible week. I will see you on the next Cross in the Desert.